It's time for the Hockey Minute, your source for all of today's hockey news with some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by fucking nobody. We don't have any sponsors. Now, here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are. Welcome back to another episode of the Hockey Minute. I am your host, Brandon. With me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how you doing, man? Doing really good, buddy. I gotta, we, got, we have a very special guest on today, but before we get to that, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. You know, I just, uh, I just watched Louis C.K.'s new special on, uh, on his website there, and I mean, I, I just love Louis C.K. He's my favorite living comic. He's always evolving. He's always changing up his act. You know, asking a girl if she's into Louis C.K. used to be like, hey, are you into good comedy? And now it's like, uh, do you want to watch me scoop cum out of my belly button? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 <sighs> yeah. Here, this is going to be, uh, this will be one we'll just, we'll hide from your kids, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right? we're going to just beep the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not i'm not quite sure how to transition out of that so I'm, <laughs> with some i'm just gonna jump yeah yeah exactly but you know what i i'm gonna jump in here and and this is a big deal i, I never do the intro that's how you know that this is special because i got the green light to do the intro here folks who our guest today is one of our uh, probably just our, our first real um big supporter in in the podcast world and hosts his own very successful podcast based out of Thornton, Colorado. Cody Beekman on the bench with Beek's host. He joins us today. Cody, how you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm feeling good. I I don't know how, uh, well, after that little Louis C.K. comment, I'm not sure how I'm doing now. (laughs) But no, dude, I'm, I'm... I'm super happy to be on. I like. I love you guys' podcast. I'm uh, honored uh, to be here, bud. Oh, bro, that's awesome. Well, I'm, uh, let's dive right into it because uh, I know we don't want to keep you too long here, but we have a lot of questions. You're an Avs fan, and uh, first thing I'm going to ask you: just how, how did you start becoming an Avs fan? Was it just based off of uh, the? Were you a Nordiques fan, or was it just when the Avs came to, to Colorado? Well, geez, I'm I'm gonna dig into this a little bit. Uh, my my dad grew up in Ohio, and back then uh, the IHL was going around, and uh, he used to go and watch the Dayton Gems like almost every weekend and stuff. And uh, he he loved hockey, and he brought that to uh, brought that to my childhood. And uh, what, uh, my parents moved to Colorado before the Avs came here. And then once the Avs got here, it was just like, uh, hey, little Beekman, <laughs> watch, learn, listen. This is how hockey's played. I mean, uh, so I got to say it was 95 to 96 where I was just brought into it. We, we sat down in our little uh, 20-inch TV sphere <laughs> on uh, – U.S. Denver Channel Twenty, <laughs> watching the Avs game, and after that, I was just, I was sold. So then you you obviously saw Bork lift the cup. Yeah, uh, yeah, I absolutely did. I mean, I, I like I said, I was in there from ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll tell you that. I'll tell you right now. I'm not a crying man, <laughs> but seeing Bork lift the cup, that was. Uh, yeah, I was crying. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That is one of the greatest things ever, like the the Sackic pass to Bork, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, it was just. I mean, you uh, like if you were watching the actual broadcast, uh, he he was looking for Bork in the crowd the entire time, 
and uh, and as soon as soon as Batman gave Saki the cup, it was just like uh, Saki just turns and hands it to Porky, and uh, I. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like uh, at that point, it's uh, words are meaningless. It's, it's really just about like watching it. So that's that's interesting. Do you think that if Bork had come to the team, I mean, you were obviously quite young when when they won the cup, right? It was probably in your kind of prime ch- childhood years, right? Uh, what are you talking about? Two a uh, one or exactly? So like when when Bork won in two thousand and one, yeah. So were you like a bit younger? Was it a little more influential? Like if you were kind of a, a grown man when a, a famous player came to the team, do you think you'd have the same kind of attachment to him? Well, I'll tell you right now, it was more influential than the first time they won the cup because back when uh, they first won the cup, I was like six years old. Right, right. But uh, when I was, uh, well, when uh, Borky won the cup, it was I was around 11. And I've actually got a funny story about this. Um, so my, uh, my pops actually coached a softball team, so we had to actually go out and uh, – they had a game right while game seven was going on. And luckily enough, luckily enough, uh, one of the, uh, one of the parents actually had a, a mobile TV. So I'm, I'm, I'm out there 11 year, 11 years old, just sitting watching game seven, just freaking out, just freaking out. Because I mean, at, at that point, uh, we had left, uh, when it was uh, two to one abs and uh, so we're so I'm sitting there in the uh, the parking lot, and they finally win the cup. I mean, I Borky takes his last skate, Fopa hops on the ice. You know, everything's going crazy. I'm like, oh, the Avalanche just won the cup. I I run into the uh, the softball stadium where everybody's playing, just screaming my nuts off, just like the Avs won the cup, the Avs won the cup, the Avs won the cup. And uh, everybody just turns and look at me, and it's just like this. This I get the same face from at, at least like fifty people. It's just like shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding, people? The Al just won the fucking Stanley Cup. Like, I, like, are you not excited? And so I just run back, and I, I'm just watching. I just say, you know what? Screw it. Screw these people. The Avs won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. This is probably the best night of my life. Oh, and I was at a time too where they had those foot jerseys. Like, um, what? Like, do you know the the origin of that? Because up here in, in Vancouver, like, it kind of looks like they're straight out of the Ninja Turtles almost. But what <laughs> yeah. was the what was the backstory of that foot jersey? The foot? Oh, it was great. Uh, see, so. Um, when we first started, we had a uh, mascot who was named Howler, and he was a Yeti. Oh. <laughs> so, so it was the Yeti foot, like the Yeti footprint in the avalanche after it happened. And so I, I'll tell you right now, like avalanche fans hold that in very high regards. A lot of people are very sad, uh, uh, like just like me, that it's actually gone the way of, uh, you know, it's not there anymore. But I mean, uh, yeah. If you if you look back on a Google, you, uh, you type in Howler. That was uh, that was that was our mascot, man. We had a Yeti that was just iced out and just ready to ready to fucking battle, man. <laughs> oh man, I was just hoping you could touch on the, the prospects for a minute. I mean, we have uh, Bowen Byram out here for the Giants, who I uh, was pretty blessed to see a couple times last year, and the kid is just you know on a, on a whole other level. 
when it comes to the WHL. Um, how do you guys see him slotting in going forward? I know you're already pretty stacked there with Sam Gerrard. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, we've, we, we already have some defensemen that are actually on their way out. I mean, uh, just over the shutdown, uh, Mark Berberia signed in Switzerland. And, you know, as much as we like to talk about Eric Johnson, he's, he's got a, he's on his way out, man. Uh, he's been injured almost every single season that he's played here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And, his contract is uh, eventually uh, is coming to an end, so I I see uh, Bo Byram slotting in real nice. I mean, obviously during this last training camp and you know preseason games he didn't look too well, but I mean the thing is is that uh, his coach down in Vancouver right now is playing him in every single facet of the game. Yeah. So he's playing penalty kill. He's playing even strength. He's playing. Uh, he's playing power play. So uh, that's huge. That is huge because that's what that's what you want for development from a guy like Bo Byram. Obviously, he went super high in in the draft, and that's that's awesome. But I mean, you got to have a little bit of development, and if you're going to come in, and I I would probably think that he's going to slot in right behind I would say uh, you know in, in the top uh, the top two sets of D he's probably going to be the uh, back two but uh, he will come in and he'll, he will perform especially with the development this year and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting actually I, I'm glad he decided to stay in Vancouver for a little bit more yeah, I mean, better to leave him overripe than to bring him in and tank the confidence, right? Well, and that's, um, I mean, this may sound a little, I don't know, uh, but uh, I think uh, what they did with Tyson Jost is they brought him in a little bit too early, and it's kind of, it's kind of been detrimental to his development. Obviously, he's been. He's done a really good job at the end of, uh, of the, this season towards the shutdown. But, I mean, I think if we would have left him a little bit longer, maybe at uh, North Dakota, I think, I believe where he came from, mm -hmm. if, if he would have stayed one more year, I think it, it would have done him a whole lot. A whole lot of good. So the fact, is, the fact that we have Bo still down with the Vancouver uh, Giants just to work out his game, maybe grow a little bit better. I think that's going to be huge for him. Is is there any scenario that you could see Bowen Byron being moved for a winger, or do you think he's a lock for the Avs? Well, the thing is right now is um, with all the acquisitions that we have made uh, this past year, uh, we've we, I mean, we've got Eunice locked down for, what, three years, and... And I mean, we got Nazem uh, centering, and I know Ryan's gonna cringe at me saying that name, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, I think we've we've shored up our uh, front end, especially with I mean, guys like Martin Kaut hmm. coming up from the AHL, uh, Shane Bowers. I know Shane Bowers hasn't had a whale of a year this year, but he has been dealing with a lot of injury. Um, a lot, of, a lot of guys can can be spotted in those positions in the front line where we don't really need anything up front. 
Like uh, we've uh, we've uh, we've done a good job of actually you know acquiring top end talent to where our depth is way better than it was last year, and we'll continue to have that at least two or three years down the road. I'm going to ask you this question because I feel like this is just going to get heated if Brandon asks it. <laughs> Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr, okay? Oh, let's do it. So, I mean, there's a huge debate going on right now for the Calder. And uh, what can you tell us uh, about McCarr that's made his season so special? Everybody knows what he did last year. He came in, first game, scores scores a huge goal for the Avs in that uh, Flame series. And uh, everybody thought that McCarr would just kind of stop and just maybe take a, take a breath in and lose a step this year, you know, after after everything's happened. Because, I mean, he came in after the uh, Frozen Four. Like, so his – so his uh, he's just ramped up, you know. He's just got all this adrenaline running. So he's just like, yeah, hockey, hockey, hockey. Next thing you know what, I'm playing – I'm playing hockey in my, in my home province uh, in, in the NHL playoffs. But you know what um, – I'll, I'll tell you this. He he did stumble for a little bit at the beginning of the season, but there was just something that uh, I think I think Bednar has a lot to do with this, uh, and and a lot of the uh, a lot of the talent that he's around now. Uh, they just they straight up came in, came to him and said, you know what, bud, stop gripping the uh, stick so tight, and just go out there and play your game. And I think it's shown in spades this entire year and the way he can the way he can break into an offensive zone the like the quickness and you know what uh, you don't see you don't see a lot of people saying uh, he's tough but i mean he, uh, it it doesn't matter to him he'll take a hit and he'll he'll rub off of it and i i i like him for the calder but i mean Quinn Hughes has some upside too I'll tell you this, I've had a chance to actually watch a lot of Vancouver games, lucky for me. And, um, I mean, Quinn Hughes is nothing to shy at. I mean, he is, he's a solid de- defenseman that has a lot of upside. So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a loaded question, but especially with uh, Brandon <laughs> sitting here. I've got my knives out, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's looking up flights to Thornton, Colorado, right now. So, oh yeah, oh, I, I know. I, I like. I may, I may not be able to see you, but but I'm just ready. I could just see. Oh yeah. So you know, it, like it could go either way. But they, they've they have both had an incredible year. I mean, Quinn Hughes has just been lights out, like points like crazy, and the fact that uh, the fact that he's been uh, relied upon for a huge amount of Vancouver defense. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I want to ask you about another guy. Oh, sorry, B, you want to jump in on? Yeah, this? just what actually one. No, just uh, what, one quick thing on, on McCarbeeks, because I know you uh, obviously watched him the whole season. I, I maybe watched maybe 10 games all year for Colorado, and, and uh, a point I've kind of seen noticed uh, raised for McCarr is that he's kind of sheltered in his deployment, where you'll see him out with the top line more often than carrying, like, true number one minutes. Do you think that that's a fair assessment? Or? Oh, suck on that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he does get top line minutes, no doubt about it, but, I mean, like I said, I, I think I said it earlier with EJ, he's a... Uh, He's a bit of a uh, broken down horse, so you've got a you've got Makar like actually uh, 
making up for a lot of the lost speed with EJ. Right. And also, he's uh, other times he's paired up with Ian Cole. And sometimes, uh, actually, for the last, I'd say, like few games before the shutdown, he was actually paired up with uh, Ryan Graves. And if you guys don't know about Ryan Graves, I'm sure Jules can tell you about him. Uh, he was a <laughs> he was a big name in the New York Rangers, but uh, like you know, he's 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 responsible. That's what I like about him is that he knows when to jump up into the play. He knows when to stay back, and the, and he he's very capable of doing two jobs at once. Because of his speed, yeah, he might get stuck in the ozone, but he has he has the capability to come back maybe on like a three on two or something that maybe Landy and uh, EJ might get caught up in, but he'll always grab that trailer and he's and he'll go to the right spots, which makes which like me looking at it, it's that's just that's high hockey IQ. And to me, that that shines bright. Yeah, you know? yeah. I wanted to ask you, just changing gears a little bit here about uh, you know we talked about the new guard a little bit, but the old guard and and growing up, Joe Sakic was my idol. I always tried to play like him. Um, obviously, failed miserably. <laughs> However, he is uh, a Hall of Famer. He's I mean he's he's probably the the most notable, uh, arguably the most notable uh, Colorado State athlete ever. Was it tough at all to watch his his evolution as a general manager? Because it seemed like probably three or four years ago, he wasn't getting a lot of credit for the job he had done, and people were on him about not trading Matt Duchesne for pennies on the dollar. And now, in hindsight, that trade netted them uh, Sam Girard, but it also ended up getting them Byram because that that pick that the Senators traded that was yeah. the uh, fourth overall in 2019. So, was it hard at all though uh, for the fan base to kind of see whether it was strictly outside fans or even if there were Avs fans that were unhappy with you know the biggest face of the franchise? Well, you got to bring it down like this. I mean, you know. A guy on the ice, he's doing everything he wants, it, everything he can do. And, I mean, Joey, on the ice, I think we all can agree, was just a maverick. And uh, when, when you switch to front office, it's it's a whole other game. It really is. And with, uh, with the mess that uh, Joe was left with after Greg Sherman, it, I mean, those first couple of years, it was easily... It was easy to just, like, say, oh, my God, what is this guy doing? Because, I mean, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, Greg Sherman left our team in a mess. I mean, at a point, we had uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Matthew Shane, uh, I mean, Kevin Shattenkirk, a whole bunch of just, like, uh, incredible players. Joel Quinville behind the bench. And, uh, you know, we were we were looking like we'd be good. But, I mean, uh Sherman would sign some awful contracts, so Joe had to really work around those for at least the first two years, you know. And uh, that was, I mean, obviously everybody in, in, in like, Av's garb all throughout the state, well, anywhere you want to be, you're saying, uh, well, I mean, well, Joe, Joe, Joe's not doing anything, you know. Well, the thing is, is, like, Joe couldn't do anything for the first two years. And, and I mean, it really did start with that uh, that Duchesne trade, 
It really did. I mean, like, when uh, positive aspects started to look his way, it was, it was, it was huge. Because, I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be honest, boys. I mean, that Duchesne trade was coming forever. But you want to get something just real good in return. You know, you don't want to just sell them off for dollars on the dollars on a, you know, just like a merry-go-round, <laughs> if, I, if I may. So, uh, like, uh, when it came in, it actually came uh, right before that Global Series in Stockholm, if you guys remember. And, uh, you know, you, you get Sammy G, you get Shane Bowers, you get uh, you get Ottawa's conditional first-round pick. And then, uh, I mean, that was... That was money. I mean, you you, uh, you can't really you can't really ask for anything more from Duchesne from a Duchesne trade, and and that's the thing is that when you look at it now, he was completely focused on the Avalanche's future. He was, and and he got that. He got everything he wanted. He shored up the Avs' future. I mean, you got Bone Byram, you got Cal McCarr, you got, I mean, uh, Shane Bowers is a, a, a comparable center, and you got all of that in in a trade for one guy. Yeah. It, That's incredible. It definitely does make the Avs. I mean, they're, I believe, second overall in the West right now, and uh, they look like they're making a deep run, which, which leads me to my next question about a guy that I actually – was really questioning probably three four years ago and that's Nathan McKinnon and the first year he wins rookie of the year and then years two three and four uh Seth Jones took off he was fourth overall in that draft Barkov was second overall and Barkov was quietly lighting the world on fire a lot of questions around McKinnon but the last three seasons all of a sudden he went from potentially being not, not quite a bust of a first overall but just sort of a middling player to then being a top five in the world and uh, I don't want to be putting on the tinfoil hat on this one, but it, it does seem once Duchesne got traded, that's when he really took off. I mean, is is there any correlation there, or am I just uh, smoking the good BC bud? Oh no, that's exactly it. Uh, that's exactly it. You know, you got two, you got two first uh, first round picks that are supposed to be the face of your. Uh, Franchise, and you know what? Um, I've I've heard things about them not clicking in in the locker room. As soon as Duchesne left, it was um, uh, Bednar set uh, McKinnon, Landy, and EJ down and said, "You know what? This is your team. Do what you want with it. But if you want to win a Stanley Cup, this is your team right now. So do something." And I think that really that really set McKinnon on just on this ultimate path of just ultimate destruction. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, and I'll and I'll tell you right now. Uh, once the shame left, I mean, it was McKinnon's team. So I've, I've heard a rumor that the Abs are interested in Matt Murray. Do you think he'd be a good fit, or do you think the Abs should stick with Grubauer? Matt Murray. Uh, well, see, you know what? That's that's high money. Yeah. And right now, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, look at our cap space and say, "Oh, why aren't the Avalanche doing this? Or why aren't the Avalanche reeling in a big money prospect?" I mean, we've we've got a lot of people to pay down the road, mm-hmm. and we got to save that money for. I mean, like Kaler's 
Taylor's in for a big payday. I mean, obviously, Landy along the road. Uh, his, I think his contract's up in, the, uh, I think, two years. And obviously, signing McKinnon again. But the, the one reprieve there is that uh, McKinnon even said it publicly, is that it'll take less right. to win with this team. What does his less look like, though, right? Is he taking 10 instead of 11-5? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, he took a total... Total discount is uh, that last contract he did. So I mean, uh, we'll have to work, we'll have to see what that looks like. But I mean, we have we've got a lot of people to pay. So I mean, Joe, he's looking into the future. I mean, obviously you're gonna have to pay uh, pay Grubauer maybe along the way. And I mean, uh, and which leads me to this is that you know what Grubauer and Francis, they're not a bad tandem. Right. Yeah, they're solid. They're they're really not. I mean, I mean, Francis. I had my I, I had my doubts about him. Just I mean, like a twenty six year old, untested AHL goalie coming in and backing up Grubauer, which I mean has had his moments of faltering. But I mean, with those two, they have they have really made a statement. I I know Francis has been a huge statement, especially. With friend, uh, with Grubauer going down late in the season, the man. I mean, he posts. He's basically uh, uh, copycatting Elvis Merzlikens. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going five games with a shutout, but I mean, the man is solid in goaltender. And well, especially for me, I mean, the, like those right-handed goaltenders always make me shaky. <laughs> it's just I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird seeing a right-handed uh, tendy, but sure. uh, like uh, Francis has been huge. He's I mean that's that's where we've been winning a lot of games down the stretch mm. towards uh, you know the shutdown is that Francis has been coming up huge. To say that you want to go after Matt Murray. I mean, he's a big payday. Of course, it's a big name, but I mean, I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather look elsewhere. Fair, yeah, yeah. The the two Stanley Cups are going to drive a price tag that his play probably doesn't deserve. Well, of course, anywhere he's going to go, it's going to be it's going to be pricey. And right now, with all our our young talent, I'd rather save it for them. When I mean, right now we're looking at a uh, solid goalie tandem. I'll, uh, you know, I'll take a pass. That's fair. So, Beaks, I just have one more question for you. I'm a little bit curious. <clears throat> What's happening right now with the the broadcast rights for the Avalanche? Are they still making it as hard as possible to watch Avs games there? <laughs> oh, buddy, I've uh, that's a that's a whole case of worms. So right now, um, like at the beginning of the season, uh, so Kroenke, Stan Kroenke, he owns all the rights to the Nuggets, the Avs, the Mammoth, and uh, he he even has a channel. It's called Altitude. And for I guess for the last couple of years, he hasn't been making enough money. Like holy crap, you're not not making enough money. When you're married to a uh, Walton gal, and uh, you know, but uh, anyways, so um, so there's been a huge dispute. Oh boy! The, ma- the 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 three major cable companies that carry Altitude are are disputing that they don't bring enough revenue in, and that's the same thing that uh, Crocky's uh, disputing is that like he 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 basically has a 24 hour TV station going all the time but the only draw is those three teams and I mean 
Mm-hmm. Even even in Colorado, I mean, lacrosse isn't that that big of a thing. You know, it's it's big enough to actually have a team, but I mean, nobody's nobody's going to be watching on TV. Unfortunately, I mean, it, unless you're weird like me, but <laughs> so well, I mean, uh, so he's uh, he's disputing that he's not making enough money for 24 hours of broadcast. When uh, yeah, you've got like two out, three hours of an avalanche game, and if you're lucky on the same night, you got three hours of a Nuggets game, and then maybe during the week you get any variation of that. But uh, so he's not making any money. So he's he's made a uh, he's made a complete stalemate against these huge cable providers. That he deserves more money when uh, he's not driving in the actual revenue that uh, the three major cable providers actually agreed upon in their first contract. So it's this huge thing. It's it's making um, apparent uh, like they actually finally made a, a deal with Dish. Uh, no, no, Directv. Directv. They made a deal finally. I'd say more than halfway into the season. <laughs> so every single Avs fan is going at least more than halfway into the season not seeing this. And then Cronky uh, makes a deal with DirecTV. And so DirecTV subscribers can actually watch the games. That's it. There's still like a stalemate between Comcast and Dish. So you're left to like a lot of a lot of hardcore Avalanche fans looking through back channels. I mean, like going yeah. going through Reddit streams and just you yeah. know maybe paying a guy off in the alley just to get a little bit of that Avalanche. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you, if you're not going to give me an avenue to watch hockey, I'm going to find it. Like it's it's pretty simple. And and <laughs> you know what's re- absolutely ridiculous is that like you go into the Pepsi Center and you just see all like, it's like the Pepsi Center is just painted with all this like call into your Comcast and Dish providers and demand your abs when ultimately it's really Stan Kroenke just being too greedy (laughs) I mean the guy's got this the, the guy owns the Arsenal out in Europe he owns the uh, St. Louis Rams, or I should say L.A. Rams now, and moved them from St. Louis just to make more buck because he's based out of, you know, California. And so he's got multiple avenues of money. I mean, like, he, like I said, he married a, a, a Walton gal, and I, uh, I mean, uh, from Canadian perspective, it's like, uh, you know, Walmart... It's that family, the Waltons, pretty much own right, right. America, and he married into that family, and he has so many shopping malls and everything that is based right around every Walmart in the country. <laughs> so he's not short of money. This is literally just a power grab for Kroenke, and it's it's taken a toll on a lot of their fans and. It's I'm I'm quite sick of it, and I'll tell uh, you. Ask any Avs or Nuggets fan in the area, or 
Yeah, in the area because it's it's straight around like fifty miles, obviously, with blackouts of the uh, of the of the Pepsi Center. So we're screwed. Well, like mm-hmm. we're literally looking, uh, we're looking through back channels to find our games, uh, or you know, Crocky cuckolds us into uh, buying tickets to go to the games. <laughs> and I mean. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Of yeah. course, I'd love to go to games, but, you know, so, like, monetarily, sometimes, you know, you, you can't buy a $70 ticket uh, and spend $20 on a, on a beer and $15 on a hot dog and get by, you know? So, I mean, it's just uh, the, the fact that he's literally just making us go to games is, I mean... I've I've met with so many Avs fans that, you know, are well below the poverty line. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I'm in, I'm in that same position, you know. I'm a I'm a quadriplegic that, you know, can't work very well. I have very limited working uh work, working potential, so you know, I you know, I'm below the poverty line and um, you know, you can't just make it out to Avs games all willy nilly. Yeah, fair. And and to not see it on TV is, you know, that's kind of just like a slap in the face to thousands of Avs fans that are, you know, just want to watch their game. And to be completely honest with you, this has probably been one of the season's best to watch. Absolutely, yeah. If you're going to pick up new fans, this would have been the year to do it, right? Definitely in the last 10 years. Truly, and yet, yet he's still standing right out that red line where he's saying... No, you give me more money, or I, uh, you know, I'll just sit on my other billions of dollars. <laughs> well, must be fucking nice. Well, be say first of all, brother. Um, we have Walmart in Canada, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 we uh, we do have like it, we we have internet and stuff up here. Like it's it's actually pretty. It's very similar to America. I just I wanted to just get that out there, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, hey, listen, brother, thank you so much for coming on. And, um, again, just from all of us, I mean, you guys have always been so supportive. And, and like I said, it uh, means the world to us. And, and we're really happy to be running with you guys. Yep. Um, for the listeners that, that want to check you guys out on the bench with Beaks, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and Overcast. Just search in on the bench with Beaks, and uh, you'll find my lovely-looking mug. Right on the front there, and um, <laughs> hey, bud, uh, like I love your guys' podcast. It's always so fun listening to you guys, and if I could, uh, if I could pimp anything out, it'd be <laughs> you guys. So I, I love what you're doing. So um, and I'm honored to have uh, to be on. <laughs> And talk a bit of hockey with you guys. But yeah, I, I I appreciate the pimping comment, but we just put Brandon up on OnlyFans, so we're we're good in that regard. <laughs> oh, buddy, there you go. OnlyFans yeah. is where it's at, apparently. It's all about the new new normal, right? We're working towards this new economy. So that's right. <laughs> well, you know, you got to make money somehow. Exactly. That's right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. One last huge thanks to Beaks for coming on the pod, man. Hope we can do it again soon. From Ryan and Brandon, we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Minute.
We'd like to take a second to thank you, the listener, for joining us. And a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Hockey Minute, as well as leaving voicemails on our anchor page, at Hockey Minute. And always make sure to subscribe to whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on The Hockey Minute. I probably could have gone at least another hour on that. I'm so fucking pissed about that.